The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss why CDPs fail. Joining us is Savan Giuliani, who is the Head of Growth and Operations at Census, which helps companies activate first-party customer data in their data warehouse. Census enables marketing teams at companies like Canva, Notion, and Loom to do more granular segmentation, better audience experimentation, and omni-channel personalization with no engineering favors or custom scripts required. And today, Savan and I are going to discuss why CDPs didn't live up to their promise. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Savan Giuliani, the head of growth and operations at Census. Savan, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Glad to be here. Excited to have you as my guest today. Excited to talk about what I think is going to be one of the two biggest topics for MarTech in 2023. Topic number one, everything around GPT chat. And topic number two is we're all going to give up our CDPs for a new technology. Let's talk a little bit about that. Why do you think CDPs didn't live up to their promise? I've been in MarTech for a very long time, either as a user myself or provider solution. I think the issue with CDP is like they've tried to solve too many things at once. And a good example of that is like there's no one fit all CDP on the market. If you look at the CDP market right now, and it's very much like we are the best CDP for B2C. We are the best CDP for like enterprise company. We're the best CDP for yet another vertical, right? It's like because every vertical, every type of businesses have different needs. And the only thing that every CDP has in common is like defining a customer 360 profile. Like that was the first promises that all CDP went to marketing teams. Like come to the CDP. We're going to be a customer data platform. And the first step of building the best customer data profile is like, we're going to know everything about your customer, right? Show me a marketing team that doesn't want that. So everybody got into CDP because of that. The first problem achieving this kind of like promises was like the data was not all in one place, right? And so like that's where the first, I would say, two, three years of CDPs were like building ingestion pipeline, implement integrating with segment to do event collection. Like how do I collect all of that data, right? And then the second promise that they tried to deliver was the mythical identity resolution. You know, Silva worked at Pusher, worked at Census, he has a Gmail account, like he has an anonymous ID, he has an internal ID, like how do you stitch all of that together? That is not an easy problem to solve as you know one click, all you can eat box, right? And then finally, that takes lots of time to build, to implement as a customer. And finally, if you've done that correctly, you can start unlocking 
the second two parts of the promises of a CDP, which are like generating insight of that customer 360 profile. Generally, we talk about building audiences of lists, like using that customer 360 data to generate even more data. So the classic thing is like, how do we do scoring? I know still lives in America, we score people in America higher. Great. So you generate more insight. So that's a lot of things again, to build and deliver as a product and as a platform. And then finally is deactivation. Like what's good data if it's just trapped into yet another place, right? And so again, you have to sync that data to Salesforce, like the integration story you built there too. And then finally, you have to deliver those four pillars. And then finally, the biggest issue, and I think this is like more the human reason why CDPs are failing, not the technology side, is you always run into the issues like CDP that you spend so much money and time implementing is telling you you have 205 customers, right? And then on the other side, you have your BI team or your data team, right? Uh, build a warehouse and their data, the report is built at the board level at the exec level to take decision. And their report is saying we have 305 customers. At that point, who's right? What happened to those 10 customers? Exactly. And so usually who's right? Well, most of the time it's going to be the data team who's right because the executive team are taking decision on the data team. And so even if it's wrong, the executive team will be like, well, we're making decision on this data. So that's probably the best data, right? And therefore your CDP becomes just another untrustworthy data silo. These are kind of like the reason why I feel like CDP didn't live up to the thing. It was the opposite of what a CDP was supposed to be. It's funny because I, I guess I've been doing the MarTech podcast for five or six years now. And when I started, uh, Segment was a hot new technology. It was bought by Twilio. And then all of a sudden there was a whole bunch of other CDPs that were coming out. Uh, Treasure Data was a former sponsor of the MarTech podcast. You know, it seems like everybody was or had a CDP. And this huge new wave of technology that's supposed to integrate all of our data and help us create this one view of who our customers are and then actually be able to activate on them kind of fell down. So I either I've been doing the MarTech podcast long enough to last through an entire wave of technology in MarTech, or this was a terrible disappointment in terms of a general technology. Now, is it that I'm getting older or is it that CDPs just didn't actually execute on what they were originally supposed to? I guess it's both. It's amazing that you've seen a trend going through the whole hype cycle. Like I think the CDP landscape, if you look at it in an objective way, what CDP really sold, especially companies like Segment, is the data collection aspect. If you rewind five, six years ago, for marketing team to be like, I want to know what people are doing on my website in my app, it was very complicated technology chat. Like it was a technological challenge. There was not a one size fits all, just like put a JavaScript, trigger a bunch of events, and then I can distribute those events everywhere. That was very difficult. Like what you used to do back in the day was have 10 JavaScript snippet, you have to rewrite events. Then it's like, oh, we didn't update the script to send this event to our brand new email tool, right? And so I think segment and CDPs in general made this problem go away. Nowadays, like you start a new company, a new product, step one, go by segment on alternative, implement it, never have to think about event collection ever again, right? And I think that's something that they did extremely well. And that's not something that we are very thankful for. Like every other tools are integrating with segment and getting event collection for free because of the technology advance, right? I think the that's kind of like if you think about the hub cycle, like now we have this maturity side of the house, like, well, okay, segment was great. It was a great event collection. They did persona, kind of customer 360, but not really. They tried their best. They did the journey automation, which again, is kind of like generating insights on it. And then finally, like now it's called Twitter Engage. I think they're trying to be even more than that, but what they still do best to this day is event collection and event distribution, right? You have a tool, right? And I think that's something that CDP has done really well. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? 
Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Here's what I don't understand about CDPs, and maybe this is my technical limitation. CDPs to me seems like the same thing as what a data warehouse should be. A place where you dump all of your data, where you can connect different tables, you can take the data out of that, and you could feed it to do things like marketing. What is the difference between a CDP and a data warehouse, and why are data warehouses apparently much more accurate than CDPs? I think if you break down the problem or the question, why is CDP wanted to become the single source of truth for a customer and they needed to store data. Like at the end of the day, a CDP is like, there's a warehouse, there's a database backing that thing, right? And so the step one was like, hey, how do we store tons of data and make it easy and quickly queryable? That was a big technical challenge. And that's what something that warehouses, cloud data warehouses like Snowflake, Redshift, BigQuery, really solve as a technical problem. Nowadays, there's no such thing as big data. You just put it on Snowflake, BigQuery, and it just scales to the moon and back in a way, right? And so I think that's like a solve problems on the market. And then if you think about, but okay, cool, I can store all my data. How do I get data in all the same place, right? And again, this is where other companies and technology have solved that problem, right? If you want to get all your Salesforce data, you just have ETL pipeline. There's like tons of solution from free open source solution to pay solution like Fivetran. Again, this is a very solved problem. Nobody has to write code anymore. You can just take it off the shelf. And then same thing for event collection, knowing who visits your webpage, who clicks on buttons, all that stuff, segments, snowplow, there's tons of solution like that on the market that you can just take off the shelf and it shows software and you don't have to maintain it. Like that's the beauty of Salesforce. So these are like the two biggest components of CDP that's basically been outsourced to other company that can do the job a lot better than what a CDP can do because you know they just focus on solving this one problem, right? And so that's why one of the reasons Warehouse One is like the rest of the business already invested into collecting all data into one place. And the reason they did that was to generate reports. There's an executive team somewhere that was like, hey, marketing team, where is our lead coming from? Who's gonna answer that questions? Well, it's gonna be a data team in a BI tool, because we want to report that we can click every time of the day to have like the latest view of our lead attribution model or like lead source model and et cetera, right? They're all like campaign performance, right? And so 
that's why all the data got into a warehouse. And then why is it the best data? It's not because the technology is different. It's like, because decision was being made, like hiring decision, budget decision was being made, the data needed to be highly accurate. And how do you make data highly accurate? You hire data engineers that build unit testing, that build like uh, lots of different ways to kind of like validate the accuracy of the data, to clean the data and to transform the data, right? And so all of the work that a CDP was going to do, like transform data, is being done by people that was doing that a lot better. So at that point, you're like, well, everything is a warehouse. Why can't I just use the warehouse as a CDP? That's what got us here, basically. It seems like maybe the case is that CDPs didn't fall down. It's not that they didn't live up their promise. It's that they didn't keep pace with other technologies. The ease of use for building a data warehouse, the scalability of a data warehouse, all the plugins and infrastructures and ETL solutions within a data warehouse got more user-friendly. They got more plug and play, and now it doesn't take a data engineering team to be able to do some of the basic functions that a CDP would have. So is there really a difference today between using a CDP and just having a data warehouse with a couple of plugins and add-ons? I think today there's still some gaps on the market in capability. Like if you take Snowflake, for example, right? Like as a warehouse, it's still not marketing team friendly as a tool. Like, you know, it is the target audience are still like data engineers, data analysts, right? And so the UX is built for those technical people. And non-technical people going to Snowflake can be like, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to write SQL query, which, you know, on a separate note, I think every marketing team should learn how to write SQL, but it's not made for them. I think that's what we need, like, that's what you're seeing nowadays, whether with sensors or other tools, is you are seeing lots of tools coming on the market to abstract the warehouse to make it non-technical people friendly. So it's like the famous phrase from Salesforce, like, click no code, that approach is happening on the warehouse. You have the data here. No, Ben, you're not going to write SQL query. What we're going to do, we're going to expose the data that is available in an easy-to-use interface so you can drag and drop fields and build your customer profile based on what we see in the warehouse. So it'll be interesting, you might generate some SQL query, but as a marketing team, you're not going to care too much about that implementation. I've been learning this the hard way. We have built our own data warehouse here at I Hear Everything, the company that owns the MarTech podcast, to be able to better analyze our podcast data and to try to build some of our retargeting capabilities. And boy, I don't know if it's user-friendly yet. It's still kind of a pain in the ass to build a data warehouse, to get your data from the warehouse into some sort of business intelligence tool, then you still have to build your own reporting. I don't think we're quite to user-friendly status yet, but you know what? There's a new technology that's coming. It's called Reverse ETL. That's what we're going to talk about in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Sylvain Giuliani, the Head of Growth and Operations at Census. Join us again tomorrow when Sylvain and I continue our conversation talking about activating data using Reverse ETL. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Sylvain, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Copypasta, which is C-O-P-Y-P-A-S-T-A-A. Or you could visit his company's website, which is GetCensus.com, G-E-T-C-E-N-S-U-S.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live in our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.